feels like I'm so far away And you I know I should be But the spirit and finish one day All that he started in me Now look at me and I don't understand Dismissed the church. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) this time we'll have a choir special.
Thank you, may be seated. This time, Miss Marlene is going to bring us special. I said I wasn't going to say anything before I sang today, but uh, preacher, if your sermon has anything to do with change, the Lord's definitely here today. Because from her little song, Little by Little, Changing, I know. I don't know about everybody else, but for me, even though the word little, we refer to as her being little, but in our life, little by little, you know, we need to change. And then the choir sang a song about change. And I pulled out an oldie um, that always hits home with me. But in the second verse, it says, Christ has the power to change lives today. So pray for me as I sing. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary.
is mine that is wine by the cross I will stay I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 15. And it's been a blessing this morning. Every song, every special has been for the honor and glory of the Lord. God is so good. And He's in this place this morning. Thank you for being here. It is good to be among God's people. It's good to be in God's Word. I won't be very long. Y'all have heard that said before up here. I don't know what good it did, but it sounds good anyway. But I'm not going to try to be very long. I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. But I do ask for your undivided attention. God wants to meet with us this morning. And I want us just for a little while to put every distraction to the side. What we're going to do after church, let's just put it to the side. Let's clear our mind. And let's listen to the Word of God, and let's allow the Word of God, its will and way in our life and in our hearts. Second Chronicles chapter 15, let's stand up again. Y'all been up and down all morning, let's do it again. Second Chronicles chapter 15, and in verse 1, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Adid, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. Why ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But ye forsake him, and he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they were in trouble, did they turn unto the Lord God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. Isn't that wonderful? That any time we turn and we seek Him, we can find Him. And in those times there was no peace to Him that went out, nor to Him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And the nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, that not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard... These words and the prophecy of Odin the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. 
I pray that you'd have your will and way in this message. I pray, Lord, that just for a little while, that you would help us to focus on your word. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved this morning. But Lord, I pray that if those have never been to Calvary, Lord, I pray that they would go to Calvary. Lord, I'm so thankful that we can change because of Calvary. And Lord, us that are saved, maybe we need to make that trip back to Calvary and get our life right and get our relationship closer with Jesus. Lord, have your will and way in this service. We're going to be careful to give you all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the success of King Asa. The success of King Asa. I want to look in verse 7. Verse 7 is our text this morning. And this verse 7 is broke down in three parts. And I want to preach on those three parts. If you have a highlighter, I want you to highlight this. If you have a pen, I want you to circle it. And I want us to remember these three things. And I believe every child of God ought to remember these three things. These three things brought success in King Asa. Number one, be ye strong, therefore. Number two, let not your hands be weak. And number three, for your work shall be rewarded. We find three principles that a young man by the name of King Asa applied to his ministry that brought great success to him during his ministry of the Lord. This was a young man when he began to reign. He lived in an evil nation, a nation that turned their back against the Lord, a nation that had all of these false idols. And as a young man, as God laid upon his heart, as he was anointed king of Israel, it was upon his heart to make some changes in the land of Israel. And he went out and he made those changes. He broke down the false idols. He broke down the false worship. Anything and everything that contradicted the Word of God, he stood against. And this young man said, we've had enough in this country. We're not going to serve these false gods anymore. We're going to serve the true and living God. We're going to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And sometimes, child of God, that's tough to do. Changing is tough to do. Changing your life for good is tough because the people around you is not always going to like it. They're not going to agree with it. They're going to argue with you. They're going to say, no, you don't need to do that because your friends are going to change. And those people that you used to hang out with not going to want to hang out with you anymore. And here's this young man that made this stand. And yes, that's what God wants us to do. That's what God has called you to do. But making that stand is not always easy. Okay? Making that change is not always the easy thing to do. But may I tell you this, that when you do it, God will bless you for it. And any time that you serve the Lord, you remember this, that it pays to serve God. And I'm telling you, I don't serve God to get blessings. I serve God because He's been good to me. And don't you ever serve God because you can get something out of it. You serve God because He's already given you everything. He gave you everything wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. I don't serve God to get blessings. I serve God because He already blessed me. And as I serve Him, I'm telling you, it pays to serve the Lord. You cannot outserve Him. You cannot outgive Him. I'm telling you, you can give and you can do all you want to for the Lord, and He will bless you for it. He will bless you tenfold. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. 
God is good. And if you give your life to Him, and you live for Him, and you apply your life for His kingdom, He will bless your life. Here's this man living in an, in an evil world. And God said, everybody said, oh, this is horrible. God said, you keep standing, and I'm going to take care of you. Child of God, you stand, and He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Uh, Gabby Douglas, a young lady who won the, the gold medal in 2012 in the Olympics of gymnastics, when she was interviewed about her gold medal, she said this, I give all the glory to God, and it's kind of a win-win situation. The glory goes up to Him, and the blessings fall down on me. And isn't it amazing that you cannot outserve the Lord? That the more that you do for Him, for His honor and His glory, He just pours blessings out of heaven upon our life. And as you sit around and you look, when you serve the Lord, you look at all that God has done to enable you to serve Him. I'm glad that it pays to serve the Lord. Notice these three things. Number one, be ye strong, therefore. How do we do what King Asa did? How do we make this change? How do we live this lifestyle? How do we experience this much? much success. Number one, be ye strong. Notice what he said in verse 2. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. He said, Asa, you've got to be strong. Be strong therefore. I'm telling you, child of God, we need to be strong. How is it that we can be strong this morning? It's because the Lord is with us. How did he do what he did? Because he found his strength from the Lord. The strength that Asa had to stand. The strength that he had to fight the enemy. The strength that he had to declare the word of God came only from the Lord. May I tell you, when you stand for God and with God, you cannot stand in your own power. You cannot stand in your own strength because I promise you, you will wear out. If you labor in vain, you will wear out, you will burn out, you cannot do it. There's times that I labor for the Lord in my own strength and that's when burnout comes. And that's when I get discouraged and that's when I get down. But the Lord said, you work in me, you use my strength, you use my might, you use my name and you go for and I will be there with you. How can we do what we do in the Lord? Because the Lord is there with us. Be ye strong, child of God. How many times that we fail to stand up because we're not strong? We don't have the strength of a child of God. We're not as strong in the Word of God as we need to be. We're not as strong in our prayer life. The Bible says, be ye strong. Child of God, we need some strength. This whole world's hard to stand up in, isn't it? This whole world hates the Word of God. They hate Jesus. I'm telling you, they hate your Savior. And child of God, if you're going to make a stand, you're going to have to be strong. But be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and seek His might. Are you all with me this morning? Be strong in the Lord and seek Him. He said, the Lord is with you. How many of y'all can just stop and say amen right there? How many times can you go back in your life when you felt like you were all alone, the devil lied to you and said nobody's there with you, but only to realize God's been there the entire time. That He'll never leave us nor forsake us. That He's patient and He's long-suffering. And He's there with us all along the way. Notice what He, sa- he said in verse 2. 
He said, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. The Lord is with him and he will be found. Preacher, how can I find strength? You remember God's with you, and any time you need Him, you can find Him. Any time that you call upon the name of the Lord, He will be there to help you. I'm telling you, if you stop what you're doing, and you pray in faith, and I'm telling you, not in the name of Buddha or Balaam, but in the precious name of Jesus, I'm telling you that if you'll stop and you'll call out to Him, He will help you. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You stop and you pray. I'm telling you, I have seen it over and over in the hospice units, in the hospital, when the families didn't know what to do. They said, preacher, we don't know what to do. What do we do? I say, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to stop and we're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord because the Bible said, if you call out on Him, that you will find Him. I'm telling you, there's not been a time that this preacher in the, in the loneliness of life, in the hardships of life, that every time that I stop, I'm telling you, every time that I stopped what I was doing and said, Lord, I need you, every single time he was there, every single time he answered my prayer, every time he filled me with the strength to overcome what I was going through because I simply said, Lord, I need you. Child of God, prayer is powerful. Let me say that again. Prayer is powerful. Let me say that one more time. Prayer is powerful. It still works. I'm telling you, God's people, we need to tell the Lord and ask the Lord where we are, acknowledge our placement and say, God, I need you. Do you realize how much easier our life would be if we would just stop and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, help me in this. Lord, strengthen me in this. Notice what he said in verse 8. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Adid the prophet, he took courage. The word courage means strength in the face of pain or grief. How was he strong? The Lord was with him. He found the Lord. And number three, he took courage. Strength in the face of pain or grief. Notice what it said in verse 8. And the prophecy of Odin the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. To have courage means that we find strength in the face of pain. Serving the Lord is not always easy. Standing up for what's right is not always easy. That's why the child of God needs courage. We need courage. That means to find strength in the face of pain. This child of God took courage. He faced these hardships. He faced every one of these things to overcome them so that he can get the will of God done in that country. I'm telling you, how in the world do you stand in a lost and dying world and say, let all of these things go. Turn from your false idols and worship the one true living God. How do you do that? you got to take courage. You gotta face this pain. You gotta face it. I'm telling you, the child of God in this day needs courage. If you're gonna serve the Lord, you're gonna need courage. If you're gonna read your Bible, you're gonna need courage. We need courage. Child of God, we need His strength. We need His help. We need His power. But there is a time and a place that you need to resolve within yourself that I'm going to face these things regardless whatever the world throws at me. How, no matter how hard it is, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to change my life for the honor and glory of the Lord. 
You know why a lot of God's people stay the same? Because they don't take courage. They don't face the hardships. Serving God's not easy, folks. But I'm telling you, His strength is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Child of God, take courage. We need courage. How did David defeat Goliath? He took courage. How through all of these scriptures, how did Asa face what he faced? Through courage. Child of God, you need courage. Face what you're going through. I'm telling you, there's a time in my life that I was back and forth. I was sitting on the fence. I wanted to serve God. I knew it was the right thing to do, but I lacked one thing, and that was courage. And I just did not have the courage to tell my friends, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Man, hey, in here, that's easy to do. But go out there and tell them, no, I'm not drinking no more. No, I'm not partying anymore. And no, I'm not living that life anymore. That's hard to do. But you've got to take courage. You've got to find strength in the Lord. Child of God, be courageous. Men, be courageous. Men say, oh, I can pick up a couch. Awesome. But can you serve the Lord? Oh, I can lift up 500 pounds. I can kill 500 hogs. And I can do this and this. Awesome. But are you walking with Jesus? It takes more courage for a man in a lost and dying world to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, than it does to go to a gym. And, and I'm telling you, outlift all the young studs. Amen. I'm telling you, it takes greater courage to live for Jesus than it does to be the most popular man in all the community. You can have all the prosperity, have all of it you want, but I'm telling you, child of God, take courage because you're going to need it if you're going to stand for the Lord. You're going to need it. Notice number two, be ye strong and let not your hands be weak. Why do we give in so many times? Because our hands get weak. We get tired. Number one, weakness comes from distraction. God's people get distracted. Notice what he said in verse 3. For a long season Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Boy, how distracting that could have been. There were so many people not serving the Lord. So many people turned their back against God. And you know what happened? The crowd just fell in. And people just kept falling in because that was the easy thing to do was to follow the world. They were distracted. There were other things to do. There were better things to do. There were other gods to follow, other things to serve. They got distracted. Hello? I'm the chiefest of sinners this morning. You know why I fail God so many times? Because I get distracted. And I look around and I see what everybody else is doing. And boy, that looks fun. That looks good. Child of God, we need courage to stand against that. We need to get focused. You say, preacher, I'm distracted. I've got three kids. We got gymnastics, ball practice, we got this, we got that. We're going 500 different ways. Amen? There's a whole lot more family standing with me this morning. It is so easy to get distracted. Well, how do we get our focus back? It's who you put your focus on. And I'm telling you, if we're going to get to the success of King Asa... It's not about all the things that you do, but it's who you're looking at. And I'm telling you, child of God, if we would set our eyes and our focus upon King Jesus and put Him number one in our life, those distractions will go away. And the most common illustration of this was Peter when he got out of the boat. 
And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he stayed on top of the water. But every time he looked around, he started sinking. You know why we're sinking today? Because we're looking around. We need to get our eyes on Jesus. May I tell you, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the finish line. Put your eyes on Jesus. Are you awake this morning? Put your eyes on Jesus. He's the finish line. Don't be distracted. Get focused on Jesus. Not only were they distracted, but they, he was discouraged. Notice what it said in verse 4, But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought Him, He was found of Him. Excuse me. Yeah, verse 5. And in those times there was no peace to Him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Not only did the weakness come from distraction, but it came from discouragement. They were distracted and they were discouraged. Isn't it easy for the child of God to get discouraged? Every time you want to serve the Lord, and we find these trials that come our way, and we've been listening to people like the the preacher down in Houston, Brother Olstein, that says when you serve the Lord, life's going to be a bed of roses. And we come to find out that that's not true and that's not right. And that it's hard to serve the Lord. And so many people have been taught and said that if you will give all to Jesus, you'll never face another problem. That is a lie straight from the devil. I'm telling you, child of God, you are going to get discouraged. Because the more you try to serve the Lord, the worse the devil is going to fight against you. Do not get discouraged. You know the beginning and the conception of the child of God quitting? Discouragement. And I believe the devil just says, you know, I don't have to divide them. I don't have to do this. I don't have to... If I could just discourage them. If I could just get that one person to go up to that teacher and say, you know, you ain't really been studying a lot here lately, have you? Or I just get one person to go to that preacher and just say, you know, things aren't really going good. Or if I could just get one person to go to that singer and say, I don't like that kind of music. If I could just get one person to come along and, and, and say, you know, you really ain't been faithful. You know, you're, you're not serving God how I think you ought to serve God. If I can just get one person to slip in there and say, you know what, you let out in that group and I don't like how you did it because we ain't done that that way here. We've been doing it this way a hundred years, and by golly, that's how we're going to do it. There's a lot of folks that's walked out the church doors because they got discouraged. I'm done. I'm not doing it any longer. They got weak. All eyes up here. I want the focus. Teenagers, I want y'all now. Their hands got weak. Our hands get weak in the service of the Lord. We get tired. We get down. We get low. I'm telling you, I've got a man in my life that God just knows. Monday, man, I was having a a woe is me day. Y'all ever had them kind of days? I'm telling you, ain't nothing going right. And you're sitting there thinking, boy, it'd just be better if I quit, if I just walked out on God. I'm telling you, that's not the solution. And that's not going to help anything no matter how many times the devil tells you. But God sent the right man my way right at the right time to pick me up. Because God knows. God knows, child of God, you're discouraged. It's all right. Don't get discouraged. I know you didn't expect the church members to be the one to hurt your feelings. But welcome to church life. You didn't come here for those other church members. You came here for Jesus. (laughs) You didn't come here because of the deacons or the preacher. 
You came here because one hell, hell hung on Calvary for you. You came here because you were fell in love with the Lord and you said, that's where God wants me. Then don't you let any preacher, deacon, or anybody drive you away from here. You get focused. Don't be discouraged. Don't let your hands be weak. Take courage, child of God, and be strong. The last thing, your work shall be rewarded. Boy, isn't that a blessing? Your work shall be rewarded. Why, preacher? Why should I keep on going? Because one day it's going to be worth it. Oh, one day it's going to be worth it. And so many times we say, man, when I get to see Jesus, it's going to be worth it. And praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But don't you cut short the Word of God. Because the Bible didn't just save you, and the Jesus didn't just save you for eternal life. He saved you for abundant life. I'm telling you, my reward's not only in heaven, but my rewards are right here too. And my work, our works will follow us. And as we labor and as we serve the Lord, our works will follow us. And I'm telling you, child of God, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to serve the Lord. Oh, preacher, I'm going to get crowns. Absolutely. That day's coming and we're going to have it for all of eternal life. But we still got to live here. Hello? We still got to live here. I'm telling you, it pays to serve the Lord. Notice chapter 14. And in verse number 2, it said, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Child of God, do right. Do good in the eyes of the Lord. Not in the eyes of society, but in the eyes of the Lord. For he took away the altars of the strange God and the high places and break down the images and cut the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers to do the law and the commandment. He also took away of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah. You say, preacher, that's hard to do. That's hard to make that kind of stand. May I tell you, child of God, it's worth it. And I I know that your friends may turn their back on you. I know that your life's going to change. But if you'd give your life to God, and if you would be strong, and let not your hands be weak, I promise you, it's going to be worth it. Would you listen in verse 6? He built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Where did he get rest? From his stand for the Lord. And because he served the Lord, God blessed him. And God said, I'll take care of your enemies. And you know what? When you're outside of the will of God, there's no rest inside the will of God. Outside the will of God. There's confusion and there's war. But when these folks got inside the will of God, he said, I'll bring you rest. Child of God, you don't have to live your life like it's a a 24-hour-a-day Jerry Springer show. Amen? Are y'all with me? You don't have to live in confusion. You don't have to live in that. You can have rest today if you'll serve the Lord. You can have rest today if you'll say no to the world, but yes to Jesus. I'm telling you, you can find rest and peace and joy. Let the storms rage. Oh, but I'm telling you deep within my soul, there's a peace that passeth all understanding. Let the world do whatever they want to do, but inside of the children of God who love Him and adore Him, bless God every time they call on Him, they find Him. They find Him. Praise the Lord, there's peace and joy inside of the will of God. I'm telling you, it pays to serve the Lord. There's rewards. 
Notice what he said in verse 7. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars. While the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought Him, and He hath given us rest on every side. Oh, we sought Him. We sought Him, and He gave us rest on every side. Now listen, stay with me. So they built and prospered. They built, they served the Lord. Y'all ever find it hard to serve Him? We all do. How do you get to the point that you're continuously serving Him? When you get inside of His will, He'll bless you with the strength to serve Him every single day. It's not easy, it's hard, it's difficult. But child of God, we need to build. So they built. Promised land. We need to build. We need to build up the church of God. We need to build up the kingdom of God. There's work to do. There's stuff to do. And I'm telling you, if we're not facing the same kind of life that King Asa did, I'm telling you, we're not going to get to work. Do you know what a blessing the work is? What a blessing. About two of you do. That's good. It's a blessing to serve God. It ought not be a bondage. It ought not be something that gets in the way and strenuous. It ought to be a blessing. Amen? It ought to be an honor to serve the king. They built and prospered. The last year, it seemed like everything we've touched here at Promised Land, God has caused it to prosper. We've had salvations coming out of our ears. We've had visiting families coming everywhere. We've had some that had to go here and go there, and we've lost some families. But God has provided three or four families for every family that left. And God has been so good, and God has prospered. He is prospering the choir. There you are. He's prospering the choir. Everything they sing is just of the Lord to me. Man, I get a blessing. He's prospering this church and this music and, and these specials. I'm telling you, every time some uh, one of our members get up and begin to sing, it's like the, the gates of heaven just open up. Man, if you didn't get a blessing from these two specials today, something's wrong. Man, God is prospering us. Man, He's blessing every ministry we have. We've asked him for Sterlington. And last July, we were on our hands and, and face and didn't know what to do or what we were going to do. But we said, God, we need you. And God has answered our prayer. And we're two weeks away from seeing the vision of the Lord being fulfilled down in Sterlington. I'm telling you, God is good. God is blessing. God is prospering. You say, child of God, how do we do it? Be ye strong. Let not your hands be weak. And your work shall be rewarded. 